ESA Morning News with Trey Ware. Mm-hmm. I always want to know what's going on. Now on FM 1071. Yeah, here we go. It's Monday. It is the 7th of August. And good morning. Mm. I will tell you this. Usually when I'm compiling all the stuff for the show, which is an ongoing process, it's, it's not like I sit down and go, here's 30 minutes of my time and let me figure out what the show is going to be. That's an ongoing thing that just every waking moment you're thinking about and you're concentrating on and you're looking at stories, uh, you're delving into things like a 16,000-word interview with former President Barack Obama's uh, award-winning biographer. It's lengthy as all get out, and it is well, well worth the read. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things that goes on all the time. Usually what happens, though, is that when I sit down to start the show, immediately you know what the lead story is, the top story. You've got it sitting here, and you go, that's it. This is the one, and this is like 9.9 times out of 10, man, this is the top story. And that doesn't mean that every once in a while that that whole theory doesn't get blown up and you go to something else because that happens too because I like to talk about exactly what's happening right now at, at this moment. So today, I've got no less than 20 (laughs) of those lead stories. Everything that I have prepped, this whole stack, every last one of them could be the top story. So I'm going to dive in here and get busy on this, and we're going to run through this. And if if we're still here, when Jack Riccardi's show starts, and we're still doing this, it's because there's so much stuff to talk about, and here we go. This new report, 16,000-word interview with this award-winning biographer, is confirming what I have been saying all along. Barack Obama is the president. He is pulling the strings in this administration. He is the power behind what is happening in Joe Biden's White House. Barack Obama is controlling the key decisions through many of his administration alumni who pull up to Barack Obama's house in those black cars they all ride around in with Secret Service. They are there frequently having meetings at Barack's mansion in D.C. Now, keep in mind, and he points this out in this interview, most presidents, no, all presidents, when they're done with their term being president, they leave D.C., you know, as an example, Bush came back to Crawford, Texas. Uh, Trump went down to Florida, et cetera, right? They leave D.C. and get out, except one. The only one that stayed in D.C. is Barack Obama. And in this very lengthy article, again, it's 16,000 words, and you must read this. This is must reading. I know, 16,000 words, 54 pages on my computer, 54 pages. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth it. It's called the Obama Factor. The Obama Factor. Got a long introduction by author David Samuels, and the introduction itself is worth the price of admission. Then the interview with civil rights historian and Obama biographer David Garrow. David Garrow, G-A-R-R-O-W, David Garrow. And in this article, there's all kinds of topics that are discussed, including a lot of areas that very few journalists even bothered to explore 
going back at the beginning of Barack Obama's uh, candidacy, the 2008 campaign, whatever, uh, and then throughout the presidency, they just didn't want to dig into this guy and find out more about Barack Obama. The fact that much of Obama's first memoir, Dreams of My Father, absolute fiction all the way through, and this guy proves it. He goes through and he debunks everything that's in that book uh, it, it was absolutely not true. And here we go. Are you ready? That Barack Obama privately tells people and has been telling people he has homosexual fantasies. When Newsweek put him on the cover as the first gay president in a halo, that's a pride halo with the rainbow halo and all that kind of stuff, that they were right. I told you, stuff's deep. The most important portion of this, however, is that he is the current president. He is, now listen, listen to me, because this is important you know this. The guy who is writing this is not a right-wing conservative Newsmax, uh, Fox News uh, guy. He's not. He. He's a civil rights historian. That's all he is. He's a historian. He digs into the facts. He writes that Obama might be enjoying serving as a third-term president in all but name, running the government from his iPhone. It's a thought he expressed in public by himself both before and after he left office. Quote, I used to say if I can make an arrangement where I had a stand-in or a front man or a front woman and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basin in my sweats looking through the stuff and I could just sort of deliver the lines while someone was doing all the talking and their ceremony, I'd be fine with that because I found the work fascinating. I love the work. He told that to Stephen Colbert in 2015, and we've played it here on the show many times. But even with all these clues, of course, the Washington Press Corps, right, they won't do anything about this. They will not go in and talk to these people. They avoid talking. They know it. It's a, it's a deep, dark secret in D.C. that Obama is in that mansion running this presidency, running this country, and that all these people that are surrounding Joe Biden right now, they are all Obama people. And so nothing has changed from the Obama years to now. The only thing that's changed is Obama's not in the White House. He's down the street in his own house. But those black cars still go down there in trains of cars lined up, you know, outside. And they've got all the Secret Service people, but the media will not talk about that. They refuse to. You know, he talks about how every few months a sanitized report appears on an aspect of the ex-president's outside public advocacy. Like recently, he's been talking about um, guns. Uh, you know, it, in fact, it wasn't that long ago that Politico, which is a far-left blog online, that's at the end of June, ran a long article saying that, you know, Biden's got cognitive decline. Is Obama ready to reassert himself? that he lives there in Washington, and he's in the middle of it all. And he's been doing it this entire administration. 
He's been talking about governor, government censorship of the Internet outspokenly. He's been talking about a new campaign against gun ownership outspokenly. Last week we had the story where he sat down with Joe and said, Joe, you know, Donald Trump is going to be a formidable opponent. So he's been simultaneously leading the campaigns against the First and the Second Amendment and running the nuts and bolts of that operation behind the scenes, but the D.C. press not interested in it, not wanting to let you know about that. And Samuel says, in the absence of what was once American journalism, it's hard to know what portrait of Obama's post-presidency is truer to life. Obama as a celebrity-obsessed would-be billionaire or as a would-be American Castro reshaping American society from his basement and his sweats. And then there's several salient points from the interview. They agree that uh, Obama's signature domestic policy achievement, Obamacare, was a fraud. He was a failed president, at least on foreign policy, especially in Syria and Russia, and we know that part. He doesn't have any empathy or strong convictions other than his strong conviction is his own importance. And they point to the Iranian nuclear deal, a failure when it was signed, which Biden has pursued despite the obvious lack of interest from the Iranian regime. All the players are Obama's former staff protecting the legacy of Barack Obama. Why did he push so hard for the Iranian deal? Well, because he doesn't like Israel. The book Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama is by historian David Garrow. And there's a lot in this long piece that I'm telling you about 16,000 pages. There's a tale of Sheila Yeager, Obama's girlfriend in the 1980s, well before his political career saying their relationship ended when he would not condemn anti-Semitism and his emerging attachment to blackness, which required him to fall in love and marry a black woman instead of a white woman, his hostility toward American exceptionalism, and, <laughs> once again, many paragraphs that when she sat down with a transcript she tried to redact talking about his homosexuality, his girlfriends, talking about his homosexuality. So it makes it perfectly clear in the 16,000-page piece by Mr. Garrow, G-A-R-R-O-W, I know. It's going to take a little while to get through it, but it is well worth the read. The president today is not Joe Biden, as we've said many, many times. And as I have speculated, but with people inside D.C. whispering to me, it's Barack Obama, and this completely confirms it. Now, what does this mean, and what is coming out of all this? Well, on our energy policy here in the United States, instead of consulting with Congress, instead of consulting with our energy experts, with instead of consulting with the American people, the Biden administration consults with China. I'm going to tell you more about that. I'm going to tell you more about how they're coming after your air conditioner, and that is going to exponentially raise the price of your air conditioner. 
And then we're going to get into the Donald Trump stuff, the Donald Trump news of the weekend, where any day now, according to Alina Haba, his attorney, they are expecting another indictment, this time out of Georgia. I've been telling you about that one. And that Jack Smith, and of course this was the, the lead story with Don a few minutes ago, Jack Smith, the prosecutor on the Trump case, he is begging the court to allow him to be the only one that can leak. <laughs> he doesn't want Donald Trump to leak any information about this. He'll do the leaking. He'll do the informing. He will do the jury tamp tampering. Thank you very much. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Your smile says a lot, so you don't want a... It's uh, 523 now, Trey Ware, KTSA. It's Monday, it's the 7th. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. So Trump attorney Alina Haba says uh, get ready because uh, indictment number four is uh, coming at any time from the Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fanny Willis over there. Fanny, 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 Fanny. Be tender with my love. Um, at the barricades, uh, she's got her PR team. There's barricades outside, and she's got her PR team putting together new pictures for her. <laughs> the Attorney General of Florida, uh, the DA, is taking more pictures for her PR f uh, portfolio so that when she indicts Donald Trump, they have the beautiful pictures ready to hand out. <laughs> the Fulton County Grand Jury will soon make an indictment decision against Donald Trump. And Willis said last week, we're ready. So they're ready to indict him down in Georgia. Look, it just continues. And look, only, only the clearest partisan will deny what's happening now. Okay? That's it. The only people that deny what's happening to Donald Trump right now are just the partisans. Anybody who is honest and intellectually honest about politics looks at this, and it's very clear what they're attempting to do. They are trying to get him out of, of, of the race. They're trying to beat him up so badly in the media, like uh, Snuffleupagus did yesterday, interviewing a Democrat uh, candidate for, for president, and the Democrat president said, for president said, you guys, all you guys want to talk about is all of this Donald Trump stuff. I want to talk about the future of the country. I mean, even Democrats are now calling the honest Democrats are calling the hands of the media on what this truly is all about. This is about destroying Donald Trump. That's the only thing. They have Trump derangement syndrome, and they're just trying to destroy him. So special counsel Jack Smith who has indicted Donald Trump twice, on Friday asked a judge to issue a protective order in the case to keep Donald Trump from talking about any of the evidence, that the evidence is soon to be handed over to Donald Trump, and he doesn't want Donald Trump talking about any of the evidence in the case. I'll do that, says Jack Smith. <laughs> only I, only I get to leak what I want put out there. Of course, he didn't actually say that in so many words, but we know how they operate, and we know that since this case began, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the two mouthpieces for the Democrat Party in America, they have been putting out story after story, anti-Trump story after story, and they're getting the information from Jack Smith's office. That, too, is very clear. 
So what Jack Smith is attempting to do is go to the, the court, tell the court to, you know, Donald Trump, if you release any information, you will be held in contempt. But Jack Smith's office is leaking like a sieve all over the place. If the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery here, it would have a harmful, chilling effect. Really? So his his opinion is, or, or Jack Smith's idea is, only I get to, to tamper with witnesses. Only I get to taint the jury pool, which is exactly why they leak information. So that the people who are out there who would be prospective jurors, they read the news or they see the news on television. They get one side of this, and that's the anti-Trump side. And he's trying to control the flow of information, not allowing, you know, telling the court to not allow Donald Trump to talk about what's going on in the case. And you know what? Since it's a D.C. court, you know how they're going to find. They're going to find against Donald Trump, and this whole thing is rigged. From the very beginning, the entire process, the entire trial, everything about it. I was reading about the the judge over the weekend. Boy, she is a militant, anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-American. So this whole thing has been rigged from the very beginning. They, They judge shopped to find her and to find the grand jury, and now they're trying to taint the jurors and the witnesses by the information they want to put out and not allow Donald Trump to put out any information. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your own Banana Republic, because that's exactly what this is now. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, I'm Shane Rouse. Stream KTSA. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. How, how, how. <laughs> Sunny 106, and it goes up from here, baby. <laughs> yeah. By the time we get to this weekend, we could be talking 108. Now, that's temperature. That's not real feel. That is that is a possibility. But uh, we'll be talking more about that a little bit later on. 210-599-5555. So Biden has so weakened the United States. Russia and China have now teamed up. And they sent warships to Alaska. Now, Russia has talked about it, and Putin has talked about taking Alaska back from the United States. I'm not going to go into the whole sail thing and how it all happened and transpired and how we ended up with Alaska, so on. But uh, Putin wants it back because it's a very strategic location, obviously. China's willing to help him get it back, and our military has been training on wokeness. I wonder... Did they call the United States before they sent those warships to Alaska? You know, Mark Milley, he said, I'll call China before we attack them. I wonder I wonder if Mark Milley got a phone call. No, he didn't get no phone call. And they got warships up around Alaska right now. It doesn't surprise one at all when you consider that Joe Biden is compromised by China, that his son has received so much money from China that he's been able to buy every hooker and every gram of cocaine and crack that he's ever wanted. And it's all been because of China. And now we have reports out this morning from Fox News Digital that Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm has been consulting with top Chinese government officials about the United States tapping our emergency oil stocks. 
According to the Department of Energy calendars, Granholm consulted with the Chinese National Energy Administration chairman before telling the American people of their plans to undermine our energy security by draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at record rates for those political purposes last year when they were trying to bring down oil prices right before the midterm elections. Granholm was talking with the Chinese about selling it to them. Since then, the Department of Energy, under her leadership, has sold millions of barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves to China. In March, when she, she was up at South by So What up in Austin, she said the United States could learn so much from what China is doing. Pretty interesting, isn't it, that China's running our country right now. The Biden administration secretly colluded with the Chinese Communist Party to lower energy prices in China. <laughs> to lower energy prices in China while our prices at the pump have been going up. And that Communist China has more input on U.S. energy policy than we do. Anybody ask you about it? Of course not. Joe Biden has been sending our oil to China. The letter that was uncovered over the weekend noted that China has crude inventories of 950 million barrels, <laughs> the largest reserves on planet Earth. Since taking office, Joe Biden has ordered the Department of Energy to release a total of about 260 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's at its lowest level since 1983. That's 43% lower than November of 2021. So he has emptied 43% of our Strategic Petroleum Reserves and given or sold most of it to China. You're not seeing a, you're not seeing a pattern here, are you? Well, of course, Vice President Kamala Harris says most Americans are a $400 unexpected expense away from bankruptcy while she's flying all over the world in a, in a jet not doing her job, just giggling and cackling, right? The spending that this administration has done has destroyed the economic comfort and prosperity of the previous administration, something that even the most devout anti-Trumpers are becoming nostalgic about as now family budgets are growing tighter and tighter. And just like Chairman Mao, do you remember your history? That he put his face on everything that they did in China? You know, here's a new highway, thanks to Chairman now, uh, Mao. They're doing that now with Joe Biden. Anytime they build a road, they're putting up signs now saying, thanks to Joe Biden, thanks to President Biden, you're getting a new highway here. Every second of our lives revolve around energy. It's not just about electricity for our refrigerators and gas for our cars. We have to have energy to power our production and our manufacturing and our packaging and our shipping from eggs and aspirin to socks and dish soap and everything, everything. And now rising energy costs in the United States have been super painful for us, but not for China, because Joe has been helping lower the energy costs in China. Of course, when he became president, he declared war on fossil fuels. He tightened the regulations on fossil fuel producers. 
the bloating, he blew up the federal uh, bureaucracy, a whole of government approach to climate change, and made that the most powerful organization in our business, in our, in our, in our country. Wind and solar energy have always been more expensive and less reliable than fossil fuels, always. And so when Donald Trump was in office, your energy costs went down $2,500. Now your energy costs have gone up more than $2,800 a year. And Barack Obama used to love to say that green jobs will kickstart the economy. And in the 2010s, while Barack Obama was president for the first two terms, now we know he's in his third term, the government dropped over $200 billion on energy subsidies. Wind and solar companies, they got $20 per megawatt hour in federal subsidies. Natural gas, just $0.25. Cents. And yet, it hadn't worked out green jobs, and efficient work, use of the workforce. So here we sit, sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China. We're lowering the cost of energy in China and raising the cost of energy here. Give an example. We've been talking a lot about the gas stoves, the incandescent light bulbs, the washing machines, the refrigerators, the dishwashers, and all of those kind of things, right? And how it's driven up the cost of all of these things uh, that you and I are paying every day. Well, now Joe Biden is going after your air conditioner. It's all about the refrigerant that goes in the air conditioner and how much and which refrigerant they use and so on. The average price went up $1,000. Guess what? Now they're talking the average price going up somewhere between four and $10,000 for your AC. Can you afford to spend between four and 10000 more to be cool in your home? We're talking about 106 today, by the end of the week, possibly 108. And as they continue to assault our energy here in the United States, this administration, it doesn't have to be this way. As they continue to assault our energy in the United States, sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China, driving up the cost of everyday, everyday energy for all Americans, sending those costs skyrocketing. People are already dying from the heat. More and more people are going to die, and they don't care because they're going to be just fine. The elites, the Joe Bidens of the world, his crackhead son and the others, they're going to be just fine. It's you and me that are already paying the exorbitant costs of more expensive energy, and those costs will continue to go up as long as he stays in power. And now... You know why they're working so hard to get rid of Donald Trump. Why they're doing everything possible to make sure he never becomes president again. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Can't talk right now, Joe. Gotta hit the book. We're gonna, we're gonna kick this one around, all right? But first of all, let me just say thanks to Jimmy's dad. Holy moments, a handbook for the rest of your life. I'm on page 22 already. You just gave it to me. I'm on page 22. And the whole thing is going to be highlighted by the time I'm done with this thing. What a great little book this is so it's far. One I of his favorite it. authors. Wow. And I... Matthew Kelly. 
Yeah. Matthew so Kelly. So I, I look forward to getting into it. You're already 22 pages and whole, deep. Well, see, but the problem is books like this, I end up with the whole thing highlighted. The whole, the, every word turns out to be highlighted. So so all of them, so, so far it's really good. So thank you. Thank you, Dad. You're Pre- welcome. Pre- appreciate you, Dad, for I'll doing tell, that. I'll tell Jim. Here's a, uh, here's a text. Good morning, Trey. You have such a great show. Well, that's nice of you. Thank you for all your hard work. It's certainly apparent how many hours of show prep you put in every morning. It's a shame you're not considered the next Rush Limbaugh. In my view, you are. Thank you, Sean, and I will not come back the rest of my life. No, it's a different Sean. (laughs) It's a totally different Sean, but thank you, Sean. I appreciate that very much. Okay, I got a question for everybody here on the team. Are you ready? First of all, the story, okay? And then I want you guys to sound off. Elaine, are you, you got your microphone ready? By the way, I just have to say this. I was out, uh, very busy weekend. I had a lot going on. Went to Bruce Colley's daughter's memorial, which was unbelievable. What a what a thing. And then several other things were going. And I heard about Elaine a lot and, and how great it is to have her on the show now because she, she's got stuff to say. Right. And, you know, we've been taking her abuse for years, so it's only <laughs> fitting that the rest of the world can... Bear the brunt of that as exactly well. Exactly right. Yeah, you got it's so it. Nice that you're a, a first timer and yeah. welcome to the show. I've been here 25 years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know people are like, "Where's she been?" You know, and, and I tell them, "I've been." Te- How long have I been telling you? Get a microphone in there. Get a mic. The other side of the glass. And uh, she always just used to write me notes up there, and I used to say, "Get a mic in there and start saying it." And people are loving you. Thank They're you. loving you being Thank on the air. So isn't that great? Doesn't it make you feel better? That's very nice. You're Thank all you. relaxed now. Yeah, I know you were nervous about this, but you're going. You're doing great. So keep it up. <laughs> so here's the story. Okay, NASCAR has suspended one of their drivers. And by the way, I got no axe to grind about this driver. I'm not really a fan, so I'm not taking his side because I'm a fan and I want to see him drive. I really don't care if he's a driver or not. Okay, it's just personal disclosure. His name is Noah Gregson, and he's an up and comer. Uh, NASCAR, somebody, I don't know how, how it got to them, but somebody discovered that he had liked a meme. That's it. He didn't share the meme. He didn't comment on the meme. He did nothing other than hit the like button on the meme. Okay? The meme is... You know, what's that guy's name? Sebastian from Under the Sea. Uh, the, what is that? Nemo, right? Sebastian the Crab? He was no, in Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little yeah. Mermaid. Thank you. I get, I get all that confused. All right. And somebody had taken George Floyd's face and put it over Sebastian the Crab. And over the, the song was Under the Knee, Under the Knee, instead of Under the Sea, Under the Sea, right? Okay. Yeah, pretty tasteless. Yeah. Pretty tasteless. Yeah, I, I would have avoided that one altogether. Well, he just hit like on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've ended his career. You're out. You got trolls out there that watch yeah. everything you do online. Right. Um, well, what about in the public eye like yourself. Yeah. He did not. Everywhere. Well, oh boy, don't I know, right? Yeah. I see it, but but now he didn't comment on it, and he didn't share it. Like, ha, this is so great. Didn't Trump share one and showed somebody getting hit in the head, their head blowing up or something? Everybody made a big anyway. Whatever. Okay, so merely liking a meme. Now I know that, and and again, this is tasteless. It's a tasteless meme, but I know that when you're applying for a job. 
they look at all of your social media stuff to see. Right. Should it cost you your career merely liking something on uh, on social media? Uh, you know, well, do the, what's their policy on that? Is there anything there's in the Okay, well, then they have no business firing you. Yeah, there's there no, they're they're no, no, they there's no, no legal, stated written policy no about yeah, These guys have sponsors. And yes. Yeah. The sponsors probably didn't like that. No, that's a, that's a fact. The heat well, I would. I thought the sponsors would sue on his behalf because they're missing out on visual dollars by him being removed from races. Well, it, if there's nothing written, I, I would as a sponsor, I'd be like, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I spent all this money on this car. Yeah. Yeah. And where's you don't my, have any policy, and now my it, driver's out. It's approximately six and a half million dollars to sponsor one of those race cars. Yeah. Right? So that's uh, a lot of money. Did, did Somebody's going to be mad. Did yeah. any of the sponsors threaten to, to back out on him, or not that I know of? Well, there you go. Well, the, when these guys sign up and they sign a contract with the sponsors, yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of clause oh, there. Oh, boy, isn't where there? you can't yeah. be caught oh. doing something. Elaine, yeah. there's, uh, let me tell you something. There is all kinds of stuff. In fact, that's one of the biggest things that you're taught is to, you know, you're representing. You're not representing yourself. You're representing all those little things that are all over your uniform, right. all those little stickers all over your race car. That's who you're representing. So yeah. you've got to, you but, know. Now, let me put it this way. This is a kid who's up and coming. When I say kid, he's in his 20s. He's up and coming. He's not a superstar. If we were talking about Dale Earnhardt, this wouldn't be a story. Well, because he's dead for one thing. Well, no, well, I mean, I mean somebody of that stature. You mean junior. <laughs> right. Somebody who's still active. Junior. Right, so, yeah. Somebody of that stature. Sure. Somebody, somebody who wins a lot of races, somebody who is the big dog, somebody yeah. who you, you would have never – they, well, they would have just been told to issue an apology. Yeah. Just, uh, just say you're sorry. Right, and move on. That's it. Yeah. That's right. That's the difference between let, – let's just say uh, – uh, put it in football terms, Patrick Mahomes, right, guy who wins Super Bowls all the time right now, the hottest quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Had he done this, they just would have said, hey, man – you know, issue a policy and get on with your life, and we're just not even going to worry about this. As opposed to some rook up and coming rookie, yeah, oh, you're age, out. Get. Age is another factor. I mean, these millennials and these youngsters don't know how something like that could affect you. Now, we'll have yeah, to. And you're right because when you're young, you don't think about correct long term impact on your. Actions, well, you don't think you know? about any of it. You just and and does like mean that you like that? Does like mean that you like? Is that an endorsement? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Is like an endorsement? Mm-hmm. Like when I put on my, I think on my Twitter, I put, uh, you know, a retweet is not an endorsement of this of this tweet. Because it's not. It's, it, it's not an, it, it's, it's more about retweeting the information. Here's some information that well, you need to be aware of. If you're retweeting. No, it's no. just here's some information. It's just. Yeah, because you could just, be retweeting something that you think is appalling. Yeah. I mean, just it's so just, other people it's see just it. getting the information out there. It's not necessarily saying I back this information. Look, we're out of time. We have to. This is going to be something we have to talk some more about. Because <laughs> I, I'm really, I, I, I really want to know. And I, again, I'm not taking his side. I really am not. No. My question, though, is. Um, you know uh, how 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 serious is this? Is this going to have a chilling effect on what people like and don't like? And have you liked and not liked things, or are are kept from hitting the like button, thinking in the back of your mind, this may cost me my job? Absolutely. You have. Mm-hmm. You guys, I have, have you ever have no. you ever looked at something and gone, I'm not going to like this, or I'm not going to retweet this or share this. 
because it may cost me my job. And see, in my situation, I never know what will and what won't. Yeah, so won't I'm to the point it. now where I'm just going to stop liking stuff. You know, e- even your little doggy photos, I'm like, some, somebody somebody's going to complain about <laughs> me liking your little doggy photo. Yeah. Somebody. Because I'm telling you, and you know this, Elaine, you've known me a long time. I could say the moon is so bright this morning and gorgeous, and I'll get five uh, emails and say, no, it's not. Kept me awake yeah, all night. That's a, you got it. That's exactly <laughs> right. I can't believe you you're saying like moon it is so the moon beautiful. moon is white and not black. What are you? Yeah. Yeah. You're a racist because it's a white moon. Right. A white that's why you moon. like it so much. All right. Yeah. We'll be back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's Sean. I've been a fan of Alabama. And happy Monday. It is the 7th of August. It is 6.07 with Trey Ware, KTSA, 210-599-5555. There's Elaine, there's Jimmy, and there's Don. And so before the top of the hour news, we were talking about how this NASCAR driver has been suspended indefinitely, basically his career over, because he liked a meme. And for those of you who are just now joining us after 6 o'clock, I want to see if our 6 o'clock crowd is awake enough yet to jump on the phones and let me know what you think about this 210-599-5555 basically this driver is an up-and-comer so he's not one of the the sports big mega stars although he has the potential to be that he's not that yet uh and he oh, oh one one of the things that i left out about the story too is that he liked this meme a long time ago this is not a current situation that he liked this meme now. This is something that he liked quite some time ago. So the meme is this, and it is totally classless, by the way. It's uh, Sebastian the Crab from, what would y'all say, Little Mermaid? And remember the song Under the Sea from that from the Little Mermaid? And they put George, somebody put George Floyd's face on that, and they changed it from Under the Sea to Under the Knee, right? And he liked it. He didn't share it. He didn't endorse it. He didn't comment on it. Nothing. And this was a long, long time ago. That the, Well, they didn't say exactly how long ago, but they said long ago is when he hit like on this. So this is not even something he's done even, you know, like recently, like this week or whatever. This was quite some time ago that he liked this meme. Well, they have suspended him indefinitely. And which when that happens in the, in this kind of world, and, you know, that's that's pretty much over with. Um, now this is not the first time this has happened and it's happened to the point now, Elon Musk said over the weekend, if you are treated unfairly by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, and this had nothing to do with Noah Gregson, by the way, the the NASCAR guy, this has something to do with some other woman. We will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know is what Elon Musk put on his uh, page uh, one of the uh, libs of TikTok people Carolyn uh, a video game manager reportedly fired by her employer for tweeting her support for an upcoming Harry Potter game and for following specific accounts Elon asked her on X former Twitter is this accurate and she said yes and he's telling people on X now that if you're treated unfairly by your employer due to posting or liking something on X, we will pay your legal bills. Whoa. <laughs> That's going to cost him everything he's got. Okay, now, 
before I start taking some calls at 210-599-5555, fair or unfair treatment of this guy for merely liking a post? Have you, in your own mind, uh, decided you're not going to like a post or share a post or comment on a post based on ramifications that might happen to you at work? I'm not talking about other people yelling at you because that's part of life in America today. We yell at each other all day, and then we meet in, in city squares, and we beat snot out of each other. Are we get on, <laughs> or we get on airplanes and beat each other because of Social media. It's all, it all goes back to social media. I'm not worried anymore as long as I post it on X. Well, right. I got my legal fees well, covered. But you, but, but you still might get fired. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> if it's a wrongful termination, I'm going to get paid. You're going to get a lot of money, right? And I'm standing with this kid on the driver. If this was done before... It was done He's, before. Before he signed his professional contract with his sponsors. I, I, I'm not sure about that part, but it happened but long ago, they said. I'm so gonna I side, don't know. Horrible meme, but I'm going to side with the driver. Yeah, okay. Two one zero five nine. Thank you. Take a position. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Now let me just throw this little twist in here. Back when Donald Trump was president, and Louise just brought this up to me. Back when Donald Trump was president, there were all kinds of horrific and terrible memes about Donald Trump. You remember Kathy Smith, the dead head? Kathy no, Griffin. Kathy, Kathy Griffin, Griffin, thank you. With the dead head, she chopped his head off and all that kind of stuff. How many people loved that? How many people liked it? How many people retreated it? How many of those people got fired? And the, what about the Hamilton show? where they killed Donald Trump in the Hamilton play and how many people retweeted uh, tweeted it and how many people reposted it and how many people liked it how many of those people lost their jobs how many times was Donald Trump uh, treated so unfairly in social media and all of the left where you're talking about California or Hollywood or you know Hollywood or or or, or DC they like this stuff. They retweeted this stuff. Rob Reiner was all about it. You know, all these guys, all these lefties in California. What was her name? Alyssa Milano. The stuff that she would put up and she would retweet and she would like about Donald Trump and everything else. They never lost a gig, did they? They never got fired. Not even one time. There's a huge double standard here, folks. I guarantee you. I'm going to go out on a limb, but I ain't sawing a limb off because I will guarantee you if this was a conservative instead of George Floyd, if this was a conservative on Sebastian and the same situation, all you got to do is flip it over. Donald Trump, if that was Donald Trump on Sebastian's face, on Sebastian, and somebody liked it, nothing would have been done. Not a word would have been said, no suspension, nobody would have been fired, nothing would have been said, I promise you. Under the P, under the P. Exactly. All right. Jim, you're on KTSA. What do you think about all this? Good morning. I, I, I think it's it's all silly. But, you know, unfortunately, it, it is what it is, and this, this is the world that we live in today. As far as me in, in in my my work environment, I I'm, 
well, I, I've been in the, the world of human resources for like 30 years, and I've always had to be very cautious of what I said yeah. you know, and, and what I do. So it, it's really no difference. But, you know, you, you mentioned that, I mean, these guys are somewhat public figure, figures, uh, I guess, the, the, this race car driver. And I know that, you know, he disliked it. But I, I would argue that his like is a form of endorsement, whether you realize it or not. Even if you like it, it, it could be argued that it's a form of endorsement. In other words, well, why did you like it? But, but even if you you're not a public it. personality, what, what about that? I mean, is it a form of endorsement well, for, some, for, for, for you or, or I, Joe I, I Blow? Argue, yeah, I, I would argue it probably is as well. Yeah. You know, um, so, any, any like is, so yeah, that's just where we are today. Oh, no, that's no, no question. I, I totally agree with you. That's, that's exactly where we are today, and social media is a mess. So does that mean, well, I guess you already answered this question. I mean, you, you obviously pay close attention to what you do on social media and what you like and what you don't like and all that kind of stuff because it, it, could, it, it could have a chilling effect on your career. It could cost you your career. Yeah, well, I, I'm at the end of my career, and I'm getting to the, the, to the point where I don't care. Yeah, me but, too, Jim. But, I, I, I'm more and more every day as I take another step toward retirement, I'm getting to the I don't care part. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, Jim. Have a good day. Hey, Red, you're on KTSA. Good morning. Morning, everybody. Hey, I just uh, I used to work with uh, HR and the hiring and everything. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, there are a ton of liberals in HR. Now, Jim previous caller he had some really good points but uh you know just if you're conservative be careful what you do because they're out to get us and they're they're constantly combing uh your social pages constantly yeah and red you know what else and i appreciate that very much you know what else i have been told that there are banks that look at your social media for the same thing you want a loan and a bank will look at your social media and if they disagree with what you have liked and not Again, you may not even have, have endorsed it. You may not have shared it. You may not have said a word about it. You just simply liked it on your social media that they will not give you the loan. Or, you know, go, go down the list of the, the things that you might be applying for. And uh, what, what was the story we had last week? The woman up in Washington State, uh, they denied her cancer surgery because of something she had said on social media. Remember when I did that background check for you um, mm -hmm. from that idiot that yeah. texts you all the time? Right. They pull up all of their social media, their emails, any email associated to that number right. or that name. They'll pull it up. You can lo look into their Facebook. They even have a MySpace accounts. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so two that's how you do a background check. They find out everything. Everything about you. Everything. All right, 210-599-5555. It's 210-599-5555. You know, I got to say this, too. I'm just I'm to the point where I'm pretty much over social media. I, I just, you know, I, I, every day something happens or something is said on social media. And I really do. I, I don't know. You guys can comment on this if you want. But I really do think a lot of our social problems and our ills and our fights, we had that stupid fight in New York the other day, uh, we had that fight yesterday somewhere else, you know, Alabama, Alabama, where they were fighting in the streets of Alabama, of, Alabama, of all places. And it, it all goes back to social media. That deal in New York, that riot in New York on Friday, 
was due to this social media influencer from YouTube. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really like, hey, you know, an Airstream trailer out in the desert somewhere is starting to look really, <laughs> really good to me. Alright, 210-599-5555. I got to tell you about Amogee Bank and that great team over there. Your family bank is Amogee Bank. With David McGee heading up the, the operation there and, uh, a, and a complete staff of wonderful, <coughs> excuse me, family bankers who want you to uh, take care of your money and move forward with your money and have your money grow. And that's exactly what Amogee Bank will do. I've got a friend right now who's in the about gas prices going up. So it's, it's average about uh, 20 cents a week at this point that the gas prices have continued to rise. And it doesn't have to be. <laughs> when Joe Biden got into office, he decided he was going to destroy American energy, and he's been working on it. Well, again, if you weren't listening the last hour, there's a 16,000-word document that's out there. It's a uh, turning into a, yet another biography of Barack Obama and how Barack Obama is, is actually running the show here. That all presidents get out of Washington, D.C., as soon as they're done being president, as soon as their term's over. Not Obama. He built a really nice mansion there, encircled it with a really big wall. Valerie Jarrett lives there just like she did when they worked in the administration together for eight years. And there is a, a long line of those black cars that come and go with Secret Service and it's people that are working in the current administration are constantly in and out of that house. And nobody in the media will report on it. Nobody wants to say anything about it. Um, it's exactly what I've been saying for a long time. Joe Biden is so, you know, mentally incapable of doing anything. And, and by the way, before he had dementia, Joe Biden was mentally incapable of doing anything. Joe Biden has been a plagiarist. He's been a liar. He is a, a, a criminal. And uh, and so he's nothing but a puppet. He's the guy that signs the paper. And Barack Obama had said before, in fact, he told Colbert publicly in 2015, but quietly he's been telling people for a long time, if he could serve as president forevermore, he would, silently, quietly, behind the scenes. So all these people that are in this administration are all his people. And they go to the House, and they get their marching orders from him, and they come up with their plans. And the media will not cover it. They won't take any pictures. They won't do any video. They will not ask any questions. Why? Because, well, they're in on it. This is their deal, having Barack Obama have a third term. So all the stuff that you see are all the dreams of Barack Obama. And one of the things that's in this book that this historian is writing, and he has no axe to grind against Barack Obama. He's just basically a civil rights uh, historian is that uh, Obama clearly uh, has, has wanted to do this for quite some time, and his public figure has uh, kept him from, from doing these kinds of things like you see happening to the country right now. But now that he doesn't have the public face on it anymore, in other words, he's not getting the blame or the credit for this anymore, he's able to do these kinds of things, and he's doing it through the staff at the White House. They're still, he's the president. He's just moved out of the White House, and he's down the street a little bit in this mansion, but he's still running the country. So anyway, um, we, we are seeing our gas prices continue to rise. August is going to have an unbelievable increase. Meanwhile, when this happened last year, if you remember, they were releasing oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. You know where that oil went? China. 
Um, in fact, Energy Secretary Granholm uh, didn't even have a conversation with the American people or anybody in Congress about any of this. She was talking to the Chinese commies about all of this and uh, increased their uh, stockpiles to where they're up to 900 million barrels in their stockpiles, the largest on planet Earth. We are down by close to 50% in our stockpiles, and, uh, and it's the lowest it's been since August of 1983. Now, that's significant because we obviously have more demand than we had in 1983. And the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is there to protect us. If we've got to fly airplanes at a time of war and you can't get oil out of the Middle East or we've got to run tanks at a time of war or whatever, and they sold it off to China, who has the largest supply anywhere. So it's, it's no surprise when we find out the stories about how China is what they're doing to, to our country, whether they're flying balloons overhead or bringing all these young, able-bodied men in here down at the southern border, or the Chinese lab that I told you about last week, the bio lab out in California that was run by the Chinese, or all these other things that are going on, that they have declared war on the United States, but they're not having to fight too hard because they got a guy in the White House who is compromised, by the way, by Chinese money. And they've got a guy who is the real president of the United States named Barack Obama, who is a huge fan, if you go back and study him, of Chairman Mao and of the Communist Way. And that's what's going on. And why these guys are having the chance to do what they're doing. Russia and China have teamed up and they have put warships right outside of Alaska. This weekend, they've got destroyers looking at Alaska right now as we speak. 628, I want to tell you about River City Oral Surgery and Dr. Mark Havacorn and a great guy to do whatever's necessary. If it's extraction or if it's going to be implants, take a look at River City Oral Surgery at rivercityoms.com, rivercityoms.com. He'll sit down with you, talk with you about what needs to be done, explain the entire procedure to you, and then the prices are right on the website. So you never have to worry about how much you're going to pay. I don't know if you have ever been in this situation. I know I am. Anytime I go to a doctor, you, you pay your copay, right, which however much that is. And then you go home and you wait for the insurance company to send you the rest of the bill. That's after they negotiate. And I've always felt like, man, they're in it together. You know, <laughs> they, they negotiate with a doctor and they find out how much the doctor will pay and then or, or will, will take, you know, and then they'll turn around and send you the rest. And now you've got to. You've got to pony up, and I'm just, yeah, I'm beyond that, man. I, I'm just, I love this whole idea of concierge medicine, as it's called, where you go on the website, you see, okay, it's fee-based. This is exactly what I've got to pay, and I know that before I ever book the service. It's a wonderful deal that Dr. Havercorn over at River City OMS or River City Oral Surgery is doing for you. Uh, talk with him about implants. Talk with him about extraction. This guy knows his stuff, and he's got an outstanding staff to help you all along the way. That's River City Oral Surgery, rivercityoms.com. Quality. Here at John Wayne, it's not just a word. Say, I'm joining you, man. I am tired of the 100 and some odd degree stuff. I am ready to cool things off. But this week, it's just going to go up. 
it looks like by the end of the week we could be 107, 108, something like that. Just hot as hell the rest of your life, and that's that's it. You know, right. you welcome to Texas in summer. That's how it is. It's what we do. Yeah. And uh, and and by the way, uh, I prefer this over minus 22 and all the snow that you're used to for back in, at your house. What what is Maine right now? What is Banger uh, High right now? Is is, is did they ever make it in the 90s in Banger? Oh yeah. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Okay. All right. It wasn't uncommon during the summer to have a stretch of temperatures in the upper 80s, low 90s. But, is that right? Yeah, but, the, you know, the difference is, you know, with there, yeah. you, you know it's not going to last forever. Right. Here, it's the exact opposite. It's you lasting know, I, forever. And I, and I always tell people when they ask me about it, it's, you know, either way, it's like, how do you deal with the heat? Well, the same way we dealt with the long winters in New England uh-huh. and vice versa. Right. You know, you just, yeah. you just prepare as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that's that's the reason we live here is we don't have to dig cars out of snow. So, no. No. <laughs> no, I've it's, never done that. No, well, ever. It's hard. You know, you you still can't find your car because it has melted. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a story earlier today. That somebody was having to deal with all the heat, and it was a problem in the heat, and the heat, and the, high, and the high where they were was eighty-five. I said, "Hey, wait just a minute, eighty-five yeah. heat? Nothing, yeah. Are you kidding me?" That's a good cool night for us around here. Right. I, they think that's about what it got to overnight last yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. No, that's see. about where it stays. It was 83, 84, I think, yeah. when we got here. So. I got up, uh, I guess it was yesterday, about 2, three o'clock in the morning. It was 90 degrees still. Yeah. I mean, come on now. But that's all right. I'll take it. That's, that, beats the, that beats the winter months. So, All right, 210-599-5555. Trey Ware here, KTSA. I told you the story last week. Uh, you've seen these smash and grabs that are going on, right? And he had these guys that went into the, or one guy that went into this store and he had a trash can and he was throwing everything in the trash can and it was being videoed. Of course, everything is videoed these days. And again, I think I blame a lot of this on social media. I really do. So anyway, he's tossing all the stuff in the trash can cigarettes. He went behind the counter. He's tossing cigarettes and everything back there into the trash can because he's going he's gonna to steal it all. And the guy who's videoing this is telling the clerk there, and obviously the clerk owns the store. And he's telling the clerk, man, there's nothing you can do. I, I hope you have insurance on your stuff. And the clerk said, yeah, I've got insurance, but my God, you know. He says, yeah, but there's really nothing you can do. You can't fight back against these guys who come into these stores and do these, just walk out with everything that you own, right? So the guy keeps loaded up, and the the owner of the store, the clerk, is saying, stop, please stop. This is all my stuff. No, he keeps loaded up. And he's dragging that trash can to get out, and one other guy stands in his way and stops him. The clerk comes up knocks him down, and proceeds to beat him with a broom handle. And I mean, I'm not talking about just a little tap-tap here, buddy. I'm talking about he whips his butt. Did you see? You saw the video. He's he's after him, man. He's getting it with this broom handle. The police now are investigating the store owner. The store owner. Not the guy who came in and was stealing everything from the store owner. The Modesto Bees editorial board published an op-ed over the weekend slamming the employee for beating the individual trying to steal their property. That, my God, what's the problem? I mean... 
This does not extend when a homeowner has the right to confront an intruder with deadly force, said the Modesto OB. That doesn't extend to commercial property. That does not extend to shoplifting. No, it doesn't. That there was no immediate threat to their own or others' safety. Citizens should be encouraged to let police handle this situation and not do anything about it when they come into these stores and do these things, according to the Modesto B. And obviously, the police are agreeing because the police now are investigating the store owner for beating the guy who was stealing everything inside of his store. Jaime, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning. Good morning. And just to let you know, I'm in North Dakota right now visiting or working out here 55 degrees in the morning. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I've got lots of friends up in South Dakota right now for for the motorcycle rally for Sturges, and I think it's like 61 right now. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I'm in heaven right now. Yeah. But – one of the reasons I stopped watching NASCAR is how the rules change and then their policies. And then when about the new skate or whatever, the garage gate, I mean, I stopped watching it a long time ago and I loved it too. I used to follow it very, very diligently, but um, it's just, it's just gotten to the point where it's political. I hope that, you know, America stands up and starts showing that they're, they're going the wrong way. But I, I, like I said, I don't really support boycotts, but Hey, you know what? It is what it is. You speak with your money. That's how you have to do it. You you speak with your dollars and uh, yeah. me not watching it. I'm not giving anything to them. Yeah. Um, but also the store clerk, oh, my God, that's like my favorite video. And it's because people are getting tired of being victims. And and that's the point is the guy behind the camera said, well, don't worry, you're a victim. You got insurance. Oh, so, I mean, if so, they were so you, you saw dollars, this video, right, Jaime? You saw. Oh, my. Oh, it was. Be- it's a beautiful video. I love it. <laughs> because, I mean, because that's what he gets. I mean, that's what we're, we're going to be doing now. And. I can guarantee you if the guy behind the phone, if that was happening at his house, if the guy broke into his house and started seeing everything, he wouldn't just be standing there. He expects everybody else. That's the way you make a living. I, I make a living with my tools. Trust me, with my, with my hands and all my tools. If they were stealing my tools, you're taking food out of my, mo- my family's mouth and everything. I mean, forget that. That's how I make a living. Yeah, so, but you know, Jaime, you're supposed to sit back and allow them to take your tools no. because oh. Yet, oh, that, that okay. doesn't apply to your work stuff. That only applies at home, Jaime. When it comes yeah. to your work stuff, there's no imminent threat to you, so you're just supposed to let them have your tools. Yeah, but, but at the same time, I mean, all these politicians live behind gates. They have security guards. They have well, Guns right. to protect them, but not the not the citizens. You can't have a citizen protect themselves. That's ridiculous. Right. Thank yeah. you. Have a good morning. You too, man. Enjoy North Dakota. And that's exactly right. And that's always a hypocrisy that I point out about this is that, yes, these people that do this and that push this, these kinds of laws and these kind of rules off on you, they have walls around their home. One of the biggest and most egregious ones is, is the, the people that say, you know, why are you upset about having all these illegal immigrants come in here? but they live behind walls or my favorite is when one of these politicians like joe biden says you need to take your gun away we need to get your gun away what are you going to do you don't have an f-16 you can't fight against the government anyway you don't need a gun we need to take your gun away and he's surrounded with thousands and thousands of people with guns that have one job they're all willing to take a bullet for him all willing to take a bomb for him all willing to take a whatever because that's who they are that's their job 
And you're sitting there thinking, it's real easy for you to say that when you have guys with guns surrounding you. Well, the same is true on this deal. These guys that own these little convenience stores, right? One, and, and this guy happens to be a Sikh, although that has nothing to do with it. But these guys that own these little convenience stores, this is their life. This is everything to them. This is how they take care of their children and try to build a future for their kids to go to school and maybe pass the business on to their uh, kids one day. And it's like I've been telling you, it's like the guy who had the truck here in town and f that was stolen, and he followed it to South Park Mall and held the alleged thief and ended up killing the alleged thief after he was shot. It's people like that, man, that they, they're done. Americans are done. But you see how the system works against you? Here you are, and this guy didn't even use deadly force. He beat him on his legs. He didn't hit him in the torso or anywhere that was going to kill him. He was beating him on his legs so he couldn't get back up and take the stuff and run out of the store. And now, now the authorities want to. Now, they haven't charged him with anything, but they're investigating whether or not they can charge him, which means they want to. 210-599-5555. You know, Quarter Moon Plumbing and AC is here for you any time of the year, 24-7. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter if it's the freezing cold of winter and, and you got a pipe that bursts or right now the super hot days of summer and your AC system is not uh, cooling efficiently. Quarter Moon is here to take care of all of that for you. Quarter Moon Plumbing Heat and AC is here for all of those issues for you. If you've got a plumbing issue, uh, you can get them right away, and you can get them out to your home, and they'll take care of your plumbing issue. You know, uh, plumbing's never fun. Whatever the problem is, it's never a fun deal. However, it doesn't have to be a major headache that destroys your day. Uh, all you got to do is get in touch with Quarter Moon. They've got these great plumbers. Many of them are master plumbers, so they've got all the experience and gone through all the training and all the coursework to be able to become a master plumber. And all of their trucks are loaded down with everything that they need to get the job done. So they don't have to run back and forth to Lowe's and pick up what they need. They've got it right there on the truck and ready to take care of your plumbing issue. Same is true with the AC system in your home. If it's not cooling right now, or if it's, you know, eh, sort of quasi-cooling right now, get in touch with Quarter Moon, and they'll fix all that for you, too. If you need a whole new AC system, these guys sell and represent the best brands in the business. That's Quarter Moon Plumbing at 8C at QuarterMoonPlumbing.com. When it comes to hiring a roofer, don't mess around. Call From last week, as we kick off a brand-new week, uh, first of all, the jobs report, only like 186,000 jobs were uh, added last week. Uh, wages are still not uh, keeping up with uh, with inflation. Now you've got uh, weekly uh, average mortgage rates up to 6.9%, some uh, obviously a little bit higher than that, which is driving up the cost of being able to buy a, a home. In fact, 20% uh, higher now than it was uh, just a few short months ago. The price of gasoline also going up on average about 26 a week, uh, 20 cents a week. The average energy cost, and I'm not talking about your lighting bill, I'm talking about your gasoline cost and diesel cost, is up about $2,800 uh, per year. Uh, you've seen all these rise in costs that have been going up and up and up, but your salary probably has not risen to to stay up with uh, with how high these things are going. Let's talk with Carl Eggers, creatingricherlives.com. That's creatingricherlives.com. He's every Monday. He's here every Monday at this time. Meanwhile, the stock market futures, Carl, are looking okay. Third, you know, they're in a positive territory to kick off uh, today, even though the economic news is not all that great. 
Yeah. Good morning, Trey. We, um, you know, we're 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 seeing the stock market. It did have its um, one of its worst weeks in five months. Um, it's obviously been a pretty good year, and you know, the biggest news was obviously um, Fitch coming out and downgrading our AAA rating uh, status. Now, if this comes as a surprise, remember 2011 is when S&P, another rating agency, had originally taken our AAA rating away. So there's multiple rating agencies, I think three big ones. So two of them now, we have lost our AAA rating. And, you know, I think that was a tipping point for the market to at least, you know, have, have a sell-off and people take this seriously. I don't think we, – we certainly don't have – we have enough money to pay our interest payments. It's really about getting our spending – under control, and you know, you you can see that there's not a, a long um, uh, a long laundry list of ways to do that um, with with you know what's going on. And so, you know, if you think about what the government has, they really have four ways that they could com- combat this. I mean, number one, they could raise taxes, which is likely at some point. Um, they could reduce spending, which is unlikely. They could they could actually start dropping interest rates and cause even more inflation because when you have inflation that actually helps out your debt situation even though there's asset prices going up you could have you could have that happen and then the other thing is we could grow our way out of it which is ultimately what they would want but it's kind of difficult to do that when you know again you're running these deficits you have inflation that's already been going up you know the last couple of years and the feds still keep an interest rate high so not a great situation. It was definitely a, um, a warning sign by Fitch saying you need to get your house in order. But in terms of the market, you know, I, I, I do think the market will take it in stride. I mean, it did in 2011. Ultimately, it sold off and then we, we rebounded. But I do think I've been waiting for some sort of correction in this market. I think this may have been the news that just could get that started. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, the market is not a barometer of what's going on in the economy any longer. The, uh, the uh, market itself is totally detached from where the market and the reality of the situation is. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. Quick break. Where and Ryman X, KTSA. The healthiest patients in 